We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches with former Chiefs reporter and insider B.J. Kissel, Super Bowl champion and former K-State All-American offensive lineman Nick Leckie, and KCSN producer Tucker Franklin. The latest headlines, stories, and rumors, plus a blind nail segment where nobody knows what's going to happen. The latest Outside the Trenches, presented by Five Farms Irish Cream, a holiday distillery favorite, starts now. Let's go to B.J. Kissel. What's going on, good people? Welcome to this special live episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm B.J. Kissel. Nick Leckie hopefully will be joining us here in a few minutes. In the meantime, Mr. Jordan Foote, our fearless producer behind the scenes, is going to join us on this show along with KCSN content manager. We're going to update that read, Tucker. KCSN content manager, Mr. Tucker Franklin. Yeah. Tucker, how goes it? It's uh, it going good. We've got a lot of stuff cooking. A lot of stuff is in the in the uh, the KCSN oven, you could say. Uh, very excited to release it, announce it, everything. But i got to also shout out Carson in the chat. I'm hashtag Team Tucker. I didn't know there was a Team Tucker, but I'm glad that you're on it. Uh, welcome aboard. Uh, yeah, it's been been busy, but it's been great. I can't wait for the draft. It seems like it's getting very close. Hey, Jordan, before you are the uh, the Brock Osweiler to the Peyton Manning, as soon as Nick Leckie jumps in here, let's get your thoughts real quick because we're going to start this show. If anybody first time listening, we're going to start with some of the headlines, which the big one is McCole Hardman uh, signing with the New York Jets. Want to get your thoughts on that. Then we'll get into the blind nail stuff. But Jordan, uh, before Nick jumps in, what uh, what what takes do you have on McCole Hardman signing with the New York Jets? Yeah, I, I know McColl is really uh, has always been kind of a hot topic of discussion and a, a popular name. People really polarizing. It's a guy that came in that relatively early run draft pick, kind of an up and down rookie contract performance, had some good moments, had some not so good moments. Then he gets this one year up to six and a half million, like not even like the base or whatever, six and a half million dollar contract. We're still, of course, as we're recording this, waiting details um, for that. It's just interesting, and I think with Kadarius Tony, there's a little bit of redundancy there. It didn't make a ton of sense. I think Kent said on the lab that bringing him back wouldn't necessarily move the needle for the receiver room a ton. Um, still maybe would have liked the depth, perhaps, if you're the Chiefs, but good for him. Um, they traded Elijah Moore, so that frees up a little bit more target share potentially for Hardman. It's interesting that he only got that one-year deal considering 
There were several reports saying he'd have a sneaky good market, and he had that surgery. He was going to come back, be uh, in full force for the offseason and next season. So interesting, little confusing, but, you know, everyone's happy that he got a little bit of a payday and is going to go on to hopefully do good things in New York. Yeah, Tuck, I want to get your thoughts on this too because I was a little surprised. I mean, we don't know the injury stuff. We don't know how much was there. We don't know what his health looks like. Uh, but if you would have told me that he would have signed for, you know, with incentives, you know, a max of six and a half million, which as you mentioned, like that's what's been reported so far. We don't know what that base looks like. You know, I think it's it's pretty telling that he's not 100% healthy or he's going to have to prove that he can be healthy for an entire season uh, and kind of did a one-year prove-it deal. But it also, for a Chiefs team right now that needs veteran receivers, um, you know, we'll go through the numbers. We're going to spend some time talking about this, but it's pretty telling to me that the Chiefs weren't willing to spend the three, four million dollar base salary for one year for McCole Hardman. Um, that it was just, you know, time to, to part ways and, and bring some some new blood in here, whether it's through the draft, whether it's a veteran mm-hmm. free agent. I know there's a lot of rumors, a lot of people talking about DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham and what that looks like. But uh it just kind of jumps out to me that, you know, I saw some of the same rumors. McCole was on Twitter talking about, you know, responding some fans saying they didn't have a hot market. Um and then he signs this deal. It's a prove a deal. I I wish the best for McCole. Uh, over his four years, averaged about 500 yards receiving for the Chiefs with four touchdowns. Uh, was kind of his average over his four years. 700 yards uh, was his best season. So uh, compared to the draft placement, um, you can compare that. And it, he's going to get compared to DK Metcalf. Chiefs mm-hmm. fans love doing that, that revisionist history. Uh, I don't think he was bad. He had some big moments, made some big plays. But uh, the way that it's gone down with his health and the contract that he got it's just a little surprising to me and kind of telling uh, based on a Chiefs roster right now that they need some help uh, with with the wide receiver position. But, uh, mm-hmm. Jordan, it uh, it was real. And guess who is ready to join us now is Mr. Nick Leckie. He's going to be joining us right here on he the is. show. There he is, Mr. We're shaking. Nick Leckie. Look at us. We're shaking. Look at us donning the puck. Wow. Look at you in the old case. You're up in the K-State. That's game. right. We're recording your Wednesday night. so I like that. Tucky, you wearing vintage? Uh, yes, I believe this is 2000, 2005 uh, Cactus League spring training. Uh, had to had to put on for the for the boys. I'll, listen, baseball season's almost here. Had to get in the right, uh, right spirit, right mood. So I pulled this out of the closet today. Love it. Nick, we were getting our, we were firing off our takes on uh, McCole Hardman signing with the New York Jets, one-year deal. Uh, we don't have all of the particulars on the contract, but we know it's a max uh, with incentives uh, up to $6.5 million. Uh, so guessing on those incentives, probably somewhere between 3 and $4 million as a base salary. A uh, little bit lower. Uh, we were talking through some of the health stuff, but uh, when you heard that or when you saw that, you know what was your initial reaction to McCall Hardman signing with the Jets? Well, I, I just think they're they're compiling a super roster, and it seems like it's one of those sort of like Andy Reid 2012 dream teams that you might have too many too many people, um, too many big dogs, not enough uh, worker bees, you know? So it's like mm-hmm. guys who, like, who are going to be role players, right? You got all these people who are, you know, kind of the stars of a team, and then will, will it work or will it implode like 2012 with Philly where they try to assemble this sort of roster? And it's like... I think you build build a team like like the Chiefs do. You have like a couple older heads, a couple mid level vets, and then draft. And it's like anytime you get a guy, and it's Aaron Rodgers going there, is he out of his darkness retreat? Is that official, right? 
So I don't know if McCardman was on his list. Yeah, demands, I don't think uh, so. that we've joked about. I did not see McCall's name on that, but but he does add a, a dimension. He does add a dimension that Kadarius Tony, you know, took up the slack this year, right? So he adds a dimension of speed to your offense where where you can't stretch the defense laterally with him, and and he is solid in the red zone, right? But you know his play, right? I think that play is not going to work as well when you know it's coming. Okay, you see him going to motion. Okay, great. Here's what we do, right? And so it just you know everyone's picking apart the Chiefs because they're the champions. Yeah, they, they trade Elijah Moore, Tucker, so they make yeah. the room. And you look at it from the Jets' point of view, you go through and watch some of the highlights and watch McColl when he's healthy. Uh, there's a role for him in a lot of sure. different offenses. I, I'm curious what the Chiefs' plan is because, again, I've been saying for a while, there's a veteran receiver needs to be added to this roster at some point now. They could be patient and wait for some of the prices to come down. Um, you don't know where they're at as far as cash spending. And, you know, we talk about the cap a lot, but as we've said, and we know that the Hunt family – uh, they set budgets just like any business. They've got a budget on how much cash they can spend. We don't know where they're close or where they're at with that. Right. And so, uh, but you look at this wide receiver position, we've talked about this a lot. You know, the current, I saw PJ Green uh, TV put this out on uh, Twitter earlier today that the Chiefs wide receivers currently on the roster Marquez Valdez Scantling, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, John Ross, Amir Smith Marset, Cornell Powell, Jerry and Ely, Ty Freifrogel. And Justin Ross, only three of those guys have ever, for I guess for the Chiefs, John Ross caught an NFL pass, but three guys you could count on saying these are going to be three of your top six receivers in MVS, Kadarius Tony, and Sky Moore. And you could wish right. the best for a guy like Justin Ross, John Ross, uh, Cornell Powell, a guy who's been in the system for a little bit. But you look at that group; they need to bring in somebody at some point. And you know, one of the names that we haven't seen on here, uh, it's kind of going to lead me into my blind nil. I don't want to get quite there yet, but. A guy like Justin Watson, still a free agent. Expect him. He makes all the sense in the world to come back to Kansas City as a five-slash-six good special teams player. And then, you know, you can only keep six guys, you know, on the roster on your 90-man, or excuse me, your 53-man roster when you get down at the end of training camp. Well, you know, MVS, Tony, Sky Moore, if Justin Watson comes back, uh, which would make sense. And then you've got a rookie and then a veteran that you go sign, whether it's a trade for DeAndre Hopkins, if that's going to happen, I think it's going to happen down the road. Uh, I don't like that. I get so excited about it, but I don't. He's different after PES. You know, he got popped for PES or PEDs, and he's going to be different. It's going to be a lot different. He's be you know mandatory testing here and there all, all again. You're going to set me so, off ten yeah. minutes into this show. You put him on the <laughs> like fourteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. He's going to be a top five receiver. Dude, in the what's his age, man? What's his age? You see the number. It's 700 yards with a really bad Kyler Murray last year in like seven yeah. games. But he should still have some decent. When did, when did Kyler Murray, when did Call of Duty come out? When did Kyler Murray, you know, shut shut it down, right? So you got you to factor that one in a little department, get on that. I think Odell Beckham would make more sense. But again, uh, the longer it waits, the price will come down um, on Odell. That's what tends to happen is the further you get away from, you know, the start of free agency, teams start to kind of figure things out. We saw it with the Brandon Cook trade. Uh, Odell Beckham, you know, being linked to the Cowboys, and then they make the trade for Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks over from Houston. And another team that he was kind of linked to was the Jets, and then they trade for McCole Hardman after trading Elijah Moore. Doesn't mean either one of those teams couldn't still add him, but if they're only looking for one or two spots, one of those just got gobbled up. So we'll see how it all plays out. Nick, I haven't got your thoughts on uh, Odell Beckham because we just heard how you feel about DeAndre Hopkins. How would you feel about <laughs> Odell uh, enjoying the Chiefs? I love how he got a year off. You know, I don't think, you know, they say skills, you know, you know, get get dull, but I think he's a vet. He knows how to do it. 
And and I think he's a guy where where look at MVS's role where you know you step in and shine when you need to be. I think with a wide receiver, I don't think you need to be for the Chiefs. I don't think you need to be on all season. It's like you need to pop off for a couple of games, be quiet, pop off for a couple of games, you know, go quiet. Anytime you look at like like rosters or you look at um, any sort of like stats for receivers, it's 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 up and down. It's up. The only consistent wide receiver on the Chiefs is probably uh, Travis. You know, and so that's the only one consistent. So as a wide receiver, uh, you definitely have to, um, <laughs> sorry, George, George. <laughs> sorry, uh, George, Jordan put some stuff on the chat about Call of Duty. Um, but I think with, with the receivers, you just have to have your moments, right? Look, MVS didn't do jack squat until what, December, right? And then, then he popped off at the right time and McColl's Harmon, you know, was, was hit or miss here and there, but, uh, you know, running backs get hot. You just got to have your bit in this offense. And I like Odell a lot. I do. I think he was going to yeah. be the MVP of the Super Bowl until he got hurt. 100%. He still got active, you know? So it'd be like, yeah. you know, does he want to do it? Like, and he'll be motivated to. I have a couple of thoughts on McColl. So can, we, can we go back to McColl? It's all. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> all out. I, I really thought, as we talked about his hot, the kind of the market, how it wasn't what we thought. I thought for sure someone was going to pay for the speed, right? Just for the speed itself. Speed is at such a premium in the NFL. Granted, you could probably get some cheap speed in the draft, right? Especially a team like the Jets, who were kind of picking out a little higher in the draft. Maybe they could get um, a guy with who's who's quick. Um, so that being said, I, going into free agency, looking at like his spot track market value estimation, it was like ten million. It was like a four-year, forty million dollar contract. Is what they kind of estimated what his market was going to be, and he gets that one-year, six million dollars. So I think that that um, is kind of eyebrow raising. And a lot of people do like to talk. I think I saw this narrative going around a lot this season that McColl was injury prone. That's not necessarily true. Uh, until this year, he had played in every single one of the games uh, that he had. Like, he played in 16 games in 2019, 2020. He played in 16, 2021, played in 17. This year was the only year that he missed a regular season game. Um, so I think that that's kind of uh, maybe prisoner of the moment type of deal with McColl. But... Um, Nevertheless, it was an injury that kept him out for a long time. So that is definitely something that teams have to do their due diligence about, especially when signing a guy um, uh, to to a long-term contract, a guy who wants a long-term contract. You have to make sure that he's okay, healthy, especially with an injury that kept him out for as long as it did. So um, I hope McColl goes and plays really well for the Jets and gets to catch a lot of deep passes from Aaron Rodgers, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the, that Jets team ends up being. Nick, I think uh, your analogy of uh, too many cooks. Uh, too many cooks in the kitchen might be uh, might be good uh, a good train of thought there. It is well. I was thinking with McColl too. It wasn't an injury thing. It was the fumble thing. Remember, because yeah. there was a time in his first couple of years where you're like, "Is he gonna fly?" Like, he was real nervy with the ball. Like you kind of you kind of held your breath when he possessed the ball his first couple of years because he was prone to fumble. So I think the prone to fumbling and the injury thing really kind of added in why he wasn't getting that ten a year uh, contract that was on Sport Track. We talked about him throwing the ball, like Aaron Rodgers throwing it deep to him. Or started throwing deep or just ended up with a long touchdown where he just kind of like hands <laughs> like, yeah, right. action. Is it a catch, catch and run? Oh, right. Catch and run, right? Yeah. Exactly. We've seen some of the long ones. Yeah. We've seen some of the long ones. I know that's been a thing. Well, and that's thing uh, with Aaron Rodgers, too. Down with him. He, he needs a good defense, right? Because he's not tearing down. He's not He's not putting up, you know, 35 points a game. You know, they're winning at Green Bay like 22 to 18 in the snow in the frozen tundra. You know, so that's one of those things where it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much different Aaron Rodgers led uh, Jets offense is going to be you know him or Zach Martin or Zach Wilson or whatever the 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 the, the older lady uh, Slayer or whatever you're going to call it. He's a BYU Cougar <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. 
straight coog action. Exactly. We almost went off a wild tangent right there. It was very close. It was very close. And uh, we are very close to our blind nail segment. And we will be doing that right after this quick break. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with Nick Leckie and Tucker Franklin. Just talked through some of the McColl news. Before we get to the blind nil, does anybody have any final McColl thoughts that they want to fire off? Tucker, we'll start with you. Let's put a little bow on the old McColl Hardman. Yeah, I... The New York Jets. I, I do think that maybe my final thought goes back to the Chiefs wide receiver room, BJ. As you mentioned kind of before, cupboard's looking a bit bare. Um, and I know some people are a little frustrated maybe maybe I don't I don't think that they should be frustrated with Brett Beach but people have shown to be frustrated on the social media you know how that goes um I don't I think just need to calm down let it develop uh things are gonna happen yes they made two moves in the first two days of free agency so you don't get to say Brett Beach is not doing anything okay um, I want the youngest GM to win Super Bowl, two Super Bowls in NFL history. We're in the Super golden Bowl. age of Chiefs football. We probably shouldn't, less than a month after a Super Bowl win, start trashing the GM. I, listen, I, I've Maybe. seen it. Not something we should do. Uh, Chiefs fans, police yourselves. Pol- be the be the be the thoughtful voice in Chiefs kingdom. Even though I can tell you, I can guarantee this for a fact. I don't guarantee a lot of things, but I can guarantee this for a fact. The roster today will not be the same roster where the Chiefs take the field for the first game. I can guarantee that for a fact. And then the trades too. I mean, that Kadarius Tony trade was was up there with the uh, the Champ Bailey, um, who was who, who was that Washington Denver trade, right? Where it was like it was just a steal of a trade. That was so awesome. You always love that like guys with chips on the shoulder and crappy offenses coming over who want to win and want to play. So you always find those diamonds in the rough too. And they might find another first round Florida guy. We'll see. Just fired off a. Uh an email to uh, Joseph Hefner, our sports oh, wow. data analytics guy, 
And uh, I wanted to break down uh, in Andy Reid's history since he started going back to Philly, uh, how rookie wide receivers have fared in Andy Reid's offensive system mm. uh, because you don't see it. Those guys don't perform. Maybe Jeremy Macklin, uh, just off the top of my head of guys that were drafted high that probably performed pretty well as rookies, but he's about the only one. Not since coming to Kansas City, we have not seen rookie wide receivers step up and make a huge, huge impact in a way that as of right now, the way the roster is constructed, uh, you would be counting on a rookie. So again, uh, trust Brett Veach and his plan. There's a lot of different ways you can acquire players and maybe some guys that none of us have been talking about are on the trade block that also he pulls something out. We don't know. Um, we don't know the you know the money situation of how much he's got to play with, but uh, we do know that uh, they're not going to have Patrick Mahomes wanting uh, for weapons. He's going to make sure that uh, Patrick Mahomes got guys to throw the ball to. So, all right, let's get to uh, the blind nil segment for anybody is the first time watching and if you're watching live we appreciate it hit that like and subscribe button uh turn those notifications on we've got lots of content every day here even in the off season at least one chief show a week if not two and tucker can attest we've got some really cool draft content coming up soon uh, a lot of it will be youtube specific whether they're shorts whether little features uh recorded some of those today I'm excited to get those out, but make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you hit that like and subscribe so you don't miss any of that stuff. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you for Blind Nil. What do you got for us? And for anybody who's the first time listening, we all bring a different segment to the show. We don't know what the other is going to bring, and then we're going to spend about 10 minutes talking about it. <laughs> all right, with the, with the draft coming up, what's what's the strat? What's the bro out? Uh, like, enjoy the draft here in Kansas City, like, where where's the, the the pregame at? Where's the 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 postgame? Like what's like the what what is even starting out Thursday? Does it start like Thursday now? It'll start Thursday, yeah. What's what's the strat if you're not going to where well you know where it has is it power and light? I don't know where it's where it's being held at Union Station. Union Station. Station. Union Station. There you go. So if you're not going to Union Station, where where's the where's the festivities at? You know, what's the what's the strat for the weekend to to take it all in? To, to take your shirt off, you know, ride the bull PBR bar or something like that. What's the out of town guest? You know, what's the, what's the plan? Well, we are going to be in a certain location, but we are not yet ready to announce this, Nick. So oh, I can't talk about any of the things that we're doing at KC sports network. I we're going to tease. Um, <laughs> no, no, we're not ready to announce that stuff yet. So I promise you, we will be in a location that will allow for a lot of people to come hang out. We'll have giveaways. We'll have fun things. Everything got a sponsor that should be a lot of fun. And we'll be in an area that there's a lot of people. I can say that much. <laughs> you like CIA. I love it. Yeah, Kerr. Uh, so I'm not going to tell anybody to go anywhere else because I want them to come right, hang out with us for the jam. So I'm not going to give up any damn other it. ideas. So you literally couldn't have picked a worse question for your blindness. <laughs> what we're doing I know. Truly blind now. What if, what if you, Okay. Yeah, I don't want to say anything either because I don't want to get in trouble. I'm not going to get in trouble. We know where we're going to be. True. True just haven't announced it yet. It's a true, I see, that's a true blind nil, people. And then, so, yep. can't do it there. Okay, all right. Then I get skipped. Though. Where are you going to be? Was it at my house. At my house. <laughs> Working. <laughs> What's the most, we get we could pivot here a little bit. Yeah, What's the most fun place you've ever watched the draft? What's the most fun vibe you've ever been a part of during an NFL draft? I don't like the draft. I, I, That's right. I, don't, I, I do not like the offseason. I don't like the draft. It's like we're talking about practice. We're talking about assembling these great rosters, and it all falls to shit once the season starts, right? It's like it's one of those things I'm like, just 
Yeah. So I, I have no interest in the draft uh, to me. Because it's like, I mean, like, okay, here's why. I like after the draft, when the Chiefs pick their players, I love watching the high, I love watching the film. I love breaking down the film and seeing, okay, what do they got? Who are they going to add to it? But as far as like knowing like 10 different, 10 different wide receivers, 10 different edge guys, that's a lot of film to watch. Here, that's here what we have in the lab. Exactly. So, and I've already, I've already said my, my, my quota on watching film too. So I'm, I'm cognizant of that as well. Well, you said this off season, you wanted to break some offensive line film down with Tucker. I did. Yeah. No, I, I definitely did. I, I think that'd be fun. I think they'd be lots of fun. I, I think there were some, some narratives out there that would be, be fun to point out. Um, and as the new, is the new studio built yet? Is it finished? Nick is trying to get us in trouble. He is he is towing Nick's that about line. To get kicked off. Nick's about to be season only. <laughs> you got to tease it. You got to tease it. Man. We put pictures out, so it's not a complete pictures. We're building out an office. Yeah. We're building out a studio. Yeah. Uh, we got to fill some bookshelves, and then it's it's pretty much done. We're gonna put a picture out tomorrow. So if you're watching live, you get to know first. We're gonna put a picture out because had a piece of art commissioned uh, by a local artist. Um, that's hanging up on the wall and he's going to come by the studio tomorrow and take a picture with it, put it out on social media. But um, yeah, we did some, some, some draft content. excuse me. We did some draft content at the studio today, tonight. Uh, That's where Tucker was a little bit earlier. Spent some time with uh, Kent Swanson and Sean Barber joining the network. That's also not a uh, surprise barbershop breaking down some, breaking down some film, Nick uh, doing some stuff that apparently you despise. Uh, getting into the draft and studying all these players before the Chiefs pick them. Well, just, just, just there's too many. Like, there's too many to get accurate things. So, so I, I just I don't have the bandwidth for that. But like I said, after they after they get drafted, oh, I'm all for it because I want to see I want to see what they saw. And like when you watch it on film, like I remember watching Creed Humphrey watching play versus Florida in the bowl game, and Florida's always got dogs on D linemen, and he handled himself well. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this guy's gonna be legit. And then same thing with Trey coming from you know Tennessee was like, okay, it's gonna be. This guy's gonna be legit too. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It, when you like a player and you study a player, especially when I was with the Chiefs, and I go to the Senior Bowl and I go to the now we're going to the Shrine Bowl and talking to players like with Pacheco last year, like that was cool to like of all the hundreds of players that you could talk to and do stories on, and you can't do something on everybody, uh, but for us to sit down and spend some time with them and know them a little bit and have an interview with them, like that What's makes it, it's like you're winning the lottery. Because there were years that we studied the draft. Like, I was, geez, I'd interview players. I'd go to the combine, do all this stuff, do all these write ups, and not like one player I talked to to be drafted. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I wasn't getting any inside information or anything. If anything, if I was right, it was a problem. If I started talking a lot about a player they really did like, it was probably a bigger problem than it was a good thing uh, being in that position. But um, yeah, I think this year, especially with, I mean, if you're listening to this show, if you're a supporter of the network, you've heard about the, the KCSN draft guide, but those guys do a phenomenal job. They do yeah. write-ups like 300 players. They rank the players. Um, and you get it to Saturday. I'd rival our coverage almost against anything, even nationally, because we really still focus on the picks that are being made on Saturday. Uh, Nick, we've got licensed highlights for more than 400 players. Almost every play, I would guarantee you, every player that gets drafted in this draft, besides maybe like three or four, we will have footage of, we will have highlights of. So if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe and follow and watch us and hang out with us during the draft because we will have highlight packages, we'll have analysis, graphics. You won't find better coverage to get to know the players that are selected, whether the Chiefs or other teams. We're live streaming throughout the entire draft. If you want to be with us in person, it's going to be possible and we'll announce that at a later date. Um, 
<laughs> uh, not now. Not now. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the draft. I am excited about the content that we were doing today and going back to what you originally said. I'm excited that the office and our studio getting set up so we can do this show all in person if we yeah. want to do it sometime yeah. since we're all in Kansas City. Uh, except Tucker is living up in, in Nebraska, basically. My address is Kansas City, Missouri. You you're north of the you're north of downtown, you're in Nebraska. Or Iowa. You're no doubt. You're no doubt. You're north of downtown. It's like Parkville. <laughs> like Liberty. Parkville low key kicks ass. You're right, it does. You know, like that's like a secret little area where it's like in the tub tacos also kicks ass. Uh when you go that far. <laughs> Come on. But would not it's all right. Fine. Nick, I've got a question for you, though. This is not my blind note, but talking about the draft, where were you on your draft night? Uh, so I, I fell. I sunk like a rock. I got some bad reports. And a week before, uh, I like some team was like, he's got back problems, probably won't last. And uh, so I was supposed to be like a second, third rounder, and I dropped like se- second day, and which is back time is like, you know, like sixth, seventh rounder. And um, so my mom had a party. And I was against it, so I had to watch the draft, and everyone get drafted. All these centers get drafted in front of me, and then I got drafted in the seventh round. And uh, wait, sixth round? Yeah, sixth round. And so it was like, yeah, I was I was disappointed. It was. And then every year you're a veteran, you know, you're watching, you're not watching draft, and hopefully they don't they don't draft you know your position. I, and then you're like, so whatever. So I'm, I've always I been. I that's why I hate the draft, hundred percent. I know we've been doing this podcast together for a long time because every year we get around the draft, we always have the same story. And I remember you saying, like, you hate it because you're just sitting there being like, this guy, if they take my position, they just drafted my replacement. And it's just a completely different feel as a player watching the draft compared to um, a fan, especially engaged fans and informed fans. uh, Like, we have uh, a number of them at KC Sports Network and obviously the lab guys, Matt, Kenny, Craig do a phenomenal job with the yes. draft guide and all the draft content. That's why I'm bitter around draft time because they're looking to replace you. And that's why I'm bitter when people say they're tanking for whatever. Like, no, they're not. Cause they're not yeah. going to tank for the replacement. Mm. Doesn't make sense. I don't know. Yeah. Unless you're a quarterback with guaranteed money. And it's like, okay, cool. Not a lot of sinners walking around with guaranteed money. Right, exactly. There is a couple. couple Unless you get drafted by the Chiefs. Jason right, Kelsey. Exactly. Exactly. You get drafted by the Chiefs, you are going to be the highest paid center in NFL history <laughs> four years later. Like they've done exactly. it every, every time uh, with yeah. Rodney and then Mitch. Well, yeah, but that, that's, why the, that's why free agency, offseason, the draft, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a crappy time of year. It just brings back bad memories of getting replaced. That's all, that's all it is for me. And that's why I've just never really been a fan of it. We'll be respectful when we do these podcasts and we get talking about the draft. We'll make sure. Oh, I don't. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> like you do whatever you want. You know. I was like exactly. So, <laughs> all right, Tuck, blind nil time. What do you got, buddy? Yeah. So I had a had a couple thoughts here. Obviously, we're in the heat of free agency, um, and and I'm curious to what your guys's uh, opinions are. The Chiefs have added at least four guys. You go to the KCSN Twitter account. There's an additions and subtractions tweet out there. You can go pull up go retweet it so your friends know what the chiefs additions and subtractions are but i want to know what your guys's favorite offseason signing has been for the chiefs not like re-signing i, I, I want to know like a, a new addition to the chiefs you got Jawan taylor drew tranquil uh co i'm not even gonna try to pronounce that name right now and uh, uh mike edwards so out of those four guys who do you think has been your favorite signing for me it's charles amenahu 
Uh, he's a player that I like coming out of Texas. Uh, I know he's listed as a BN, and people keep correcting us in the YouTube comments saying, why does BJ keep talking about him being an inside player? Because in passing situations, he's going to be lined up next to Chris Jones, and that is the ceiling, and that is the the high-end best situation to take advantage of what he's really good at, the attention that Chris Jones always gets. Charles Amena, who lined up next to him, uh, next to Chris Jones, is going to be fun to watch. So Amena, who... Uh, is mine, although um, Drew Tranquil is a f- kind of out of nowhere um, type of signing yeah. that all of a sudden is like, we got that dude for th- that price? Like, how the hell did that happen? Um, but Charles Amenahu, it I'm going to be excited to watch him and those NASCAR packages line up and get after the passer. I love NASCAR. It's It's one of the, like NASCAR and F1, like I love those packages where you have like, like four, four, like just fast, fast, big, big items coming at you. And it's always like, that's like your nickel package. Uh, and it's like, I, I just love when they say NASCAR or F1 yeah. or something like that. It's like, I just love that, that package. Yeah. NASCAR package with an amoeba front. Like, oh, and <laughs> oh my like, God. <laughs> okay. If, if they could get an amoeba front with, with Chris Jones, like put like, I remember because Pittsburgh, you know, invent Pittsburgh, Baltimore invented that, the amoeba front, where if you could get like Chris Jones, like, standing up off the ball in like a third and seven and, and like him just kind of prowling around knowing he's going to get a full head of speed. Oh my yeah. gosh, that, that could be, that could be trouble. Like that could be real trouble. And especially if, you know, someone's getting free on an amoeba package too, you know, yeah. it's tough to pick them all up. You see with Micah Parsons and it just leads to like really cool slow-mo content. Cause you just have these guys just slowly walking around and just like blood dripping down. It's just like, this is different. This is different. Anyway. Chad is going crazy for Drew. Uh, Drew Tranquil. I've seen a few Mike Edwards in the chat as well. Um, They kind of went away, because I think we talked about this even with the lab guys. I've talked about it too. I like the philosophy of kind of going with addressing the offensive in free agency and the defense in the draft. They've kind of done the exact opposite, right? Uh, they've they've gotten a lot of defensive guys uh, in this free agency period, but uh, Jawan Taylor for me is incredibly exciting. The age... The athleticism, his workout videos. It's workout video season, you know. All you're getting workout videos from <laughs> everyone and their dog. Uh, look how good I am. Look how fit I am. But the Jawan Taylor workout video that was kind of circling around Chiefs Twitter when he signed um, was very exciting. And his athleticism seems to be that he could move over to left tackle, and I think that that's going to be one that Chiefs can. Uh, stake some interest in, stake some claim in for a while. 25 years old, long arms, athletic guy, big frame. Um, it's one of those guys that is very exciting to watch uh, play tackle. Well, and, and I think that that's my favorite one too, obviously. just But just because, you know, you, you place Orlando Brown, uh, you got a guy who, I mean, didn't Eric Fisher, he started at right tackle and then they switched in the left. He did. Um, so I think it's something where, where you could do it. Once you get out of your stance, it's all good. You're playing football. And so to me, I, I just like too, because you have a guy where you played him in the playoffs, you played him in a pressure situation and you evaluated to him versus your guys who, you know, yeah. right. So it's this good litmus test where like, okay, we know what we have on our side and he played him that well. And so that's always like a sign, a, a good sign is that you have this, this perfect analysis, these perfect sort of litmus test for him. Um, and, you know, he played in some pressure situations and, and he did well. And so I, I always love that signing too. When it's someone you played in the playoffs and someone who did well, that they they thought he did well enough in those games to be like, okay, 
we want to make you our, our, our future. We want to put you on our left side, you know, an important spot for the offense line. Yeah, I think it helps when you're switching, going from one side to another. And it's not a knock on, on, on Orlando Brown Jr., but, like, he's not as athletic as Jawan Taylor. So if you're going to make that move, you have an offensive line coach that has obviously proven that he can do it. We've had multiple players play on both sides of the line um, throughout his time. Obviously, you mentioned Eric Fisher. Cam Irving is another player that played both sides, played all over the place. Um, Cam wasn't drafted here, but he came in. He played a lot of different spots. So uh, it helps when you have a phenomenal athlete if you're trying to make that kind of transition, whereas Orlando Brown Jr. made that transition but isn't the athlete that Jawan Taylor is. And so we'll see how it plays out. And maybe there's a chance that Chiefs end up drafting a tackle that just absolutely kills it uh, yeah. during offseason workouts and offseason activities. I would be really surprised if even if they took a left tackle at the top, you know, in the first round somewhere where they trade up or they get one at 31, that player to all of a sudden get pegged in to left tackle from the beginning. It's going to take some time throughout OTA. It's going to take some time uh, throughout training camp to kind of earn that spot. Very rarely has a rookie offensive lineman just been handed a starting spot uh, maybe Creed and Trey kind of worked it in pretty quickly. I was like, well, I was like, what? I was like, what'd you, what? <laughs> no, but if you go back, I mean, I'm talking, we, especially for people that are listening to a show in the middle of the off season at 930 at night live, <laughs> like they, they follow Respect the stuff the OTAs where they will start as backups. And by the time you get to end of, like the third week of training camp, when they make that transition and leave St. Joe and go back to Kansas City, who are the starters at that point? Uh, but when you get to the beginning of camp, it's the veterans who get the first team reps first. Now, quickly, guys like Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith could move in there, but maybe Creed, but I believe even Trey didn't start day one as the right guard. He wasn't, he worked his way into that. It starts with a veteran. And then once the young guy just proves to everyone in that locker room, like, hey, he's a better player, Reed's always going to give the veterans the first shot. But anyway, um, but the whole point is that Jawan Taylor, if they draft a left tackle and he crushes it, maybe they move him and he just stays at right tackle and he continues to crush it and they let the, the young guy play next to Joe Tooney. Yeah, you know, and you could do that too. I, I think too, you could keep keep Juwan his natural position of right tackle because, uh, I mean, people underestimate like right tackle is a very important job because you can cover, you can cover for a rookie left tackle. You really can. Like they say he's the blind side, but if you're sliding protections his way, you got Joe Tooney right there, right? Yeah. You got Joe, you got Creed right yeah. there to, to back him up. So as long as you don't go beat on the edge, you'd be fine. And then and at, at the point of attack, you got Juwan Taylor, right? So you got Juwan Taylor set set the, the depth of the of the pocket too. So right next to Trace. That would be beastly if they could get a solid uh left tackle. Cause did they pay him top tier left tackle money? Or they pay him tackle money, like good like top five, top ten, right tackle money too. I think that's thing you got to look at as well, too. So that gives them flexibility where they don't feel like they have to play him at left tackle. They pull up his contract, but I think he got a pretty decent contract. He might have got less than what they offered Orlando Brown mm -hmm. last year is kind of how it worked out. Or the or a very similar deal to what they offered Orlando Brown last year. He was 4 for 19, and he got 3 at 20. Uh, so. four, at, 4 at 80 is what it is. Um, 60 guaranteed, I believe. So... Um, yeah, uh, I, I like him. Also, 16 pressures in 17 games last year. That is uh, huge. pretty good. Pretty good at tackle. I like him. Uh, I'm excited to see what how he does in the Chiefs offense, especially with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, a little different than Trevor Lawrence, at quarterback, right? Um, I think I think Patrick Mahomes is obviously better at getting out of sacks. We talked about that all year last year. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is very good at getting out of sacks. Trevor Lawrence, not quite as good. He's a mobile quarterback, but not quite as good at getting out of sacks. 
it's going to uh, to be a very exciting time uh, just to see what the Chiefs do on offense here. It really will be. It's going to be fun to watch the, how this all plays out because as we sit here now, you know, we talk about Mike Edwards and Drew Tranquil, obviously Jawan Taylor, they, they get the big money, but both those guys got $3 million base deals. I think incentives get it up to five. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm sure the chat will, Tucker, but I think that's about right. I think it's $3 million base for both those players. It is. Drew Tranquil, Drew Tranquil played like 930 snaps on defense last year, and Mike Edwards played over 900 snaps. You basically have two guys that if you need them to start, I'm not saying they were signed as starters, but if you need them to, if there's an injury, the guy can get in, Drew Tranquil ends up, somebody gets hurt, Drew Tranquil has to go in there as a starter. You feel comfortable if he's got some experience. Yeah. The fact that you can go and find starters at I think Tranquil is 27 I believe Mike Edwards is 26 so athletically in their prime experienced players that have had some success and you only had to give them three million dollars base salary uh to get them here it's pretty damn impressive uh from Brett Veach and the the Chiefs personnel staff so uh we're gonna get to our final final blind nil segment and uh continue wrapping up our thoughts right after this final break You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back to Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with Nick Leckie and Tucker Franklin. We're on our third and final blind nil. Guys, mine's very similar to what uh, we've all been kind of talking about. It's another free agency type um, type conversation, which is really strange because now we're all kind of football-related. I guess Nick's... I I got smashed by 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 national corporate or something like that. (laughs) Censorship. There's a lot of people involved with the moves that we're making, and we we're gonna let them know before we announce publicly. Hence, blind nil. That's all it is. All All right. Um, My blind nil of the Chiefs' remaining free agents of guys who were on the team last year, who are not signed with other teams. And unless it's changed in the last 39 minutes, looks like it's Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, Blake Bell, Jarek McKinnon, Dion Bush, and Justin Watson. Which of those players, if you could only pick one to come back to the Chiefs next year, which player would you choose? Tucker. You get to thank, go first. Thank you for letting me go first because I think this is an easy answer. I think it's a layup, uh, and I think it has to be Jarek McKinnon uh, because Jarek McKinnon was incredibly crucial to this team, uh, not only this year but last year as well. He's really developed quite a role for himself in the in the receiving game, which I didn't really see happening. But he played a played a crucial role, scoring a bunch of touchdowns, winning games uh, for the Chiefs down the stretch when they needed to win some games. It pulled out a uh, Nice run in overtime against the Texans, and he was able to run the ball very well and catch the ball really well and be a very effective just running back in the passing game too. You get to you see him get up there at the line of scrimmage and stonewall a linebacker who's running at full speed and he just stonewalls them. Ooh, that's good stuff. So I think it's great for Isaiah Pacheco to have Isaiah Isaiah Pacheco to have Jarek McKinnon in the room with him. At, at running back, and I think that's just great for the Chiefs overall because I still think he's got some left in the tank. Uh, had a good Super Bowl, even though he didn't get it in the end zone. And, no, that was the AFC Championship game. Sorry, I confused my bets there for a second. Uh, but Jarek McKinnon uh, was one of those guys that you could almost guarantee scoring a touchdown at the end of the season and was a, was a great guy to just have around. It seems like the guys really love him too. 
a great locker room guy. So that's who I want to see back on this team. And that list, I know that there's some guys right there. Like, Frank Clark will be fun. Carlos Dunlap. Blake Bell, even Justin Watson. But, like, Jared McKinnon, I saw that list when I knew you were talking about it. I was like, oh, hands down, it's got to be Jared. Yeah, Nick? I, I, I would say Jared, too. Um, you know, and, and I always like, I, I like sneakiness. And, and I think Dunlap. Uh, I think I'd, I'd like to have Dunlap just because he gives you size on the defensive line and from an edge guy, and he bats a lot of balls. Like the guy bats uh, like a ton of balls, and the guy is physical. Uh, he's great in the run from the edge, and he can, he can give you that that size, you know, those different packages uh, on your, your third down packages. And I really like – he was – to me, he was, he was super underrated, and, and I think he helped make that defensive line go. And, you know, if you can get a bunch of big guys uh, on the defensive line, you know, you could sort of match up to some fronts and you could do some things where you could, hey, man, we only got four and we could control the line scrimmage with four with Dunlap. So, yeah, so I, I like the, the I like to have Dunlap. I think that would be crucial, like a like a underrated, like that's an Andy Reid signing, you know, a, a veteran making, you know, a couple mil a year, uh, but it's going to contribute well and it's going to be durable all season. Don't forget the durability thing, which Blake Bell is like, you know, it's like kind of had the hit thing, whatever you had. Yeah, that was a weird one, too. He was out for a long time for something that when you go back and watch the play that he got injured on, didn't look like it was something that was going to be super serious or even an injury at all. And it cost him a lot more time than he thought it would have. Um, but I think when I asked the question, not surprised that Jarek McKinnon was going to be an obvious answer uh, as far as who Chiefs fans would want back. I think the one that I'm surprised, again, hasn't got done mentioned earlier, Justin Watson. Just makes all the sense in the world. Um, talked about it before. He just fits perfectly. I don't think he's going to command a ton of money. Um, good special teams player. Pat seems to absolutely love him uh, based on the things that he said throughout the season. Yeah. Um, but I'm going with Frank Clark. <laughs> like I, I knew that. I left him for you. I left him for you. <laughs> I ranked back. It's your boy. I know the money had, had triggered a lot of people already. It, the money's got to make sense. It'd be the same for all of these moves. Uh, the money would have to make sense. I only reason I wouldn't say Jarek McKenna, love him as a player, is that I want him to go draft the next Jarek McKinnon and find the next guy that can make those kinds of plays. Nick, it just so happens you and I root for a team that's got a player that might flood it as a third down back. He can get maybe in the fourth round. He might be the shortest player in NFL history. I don't care. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is going to make plays at this level, um, even if it's just as a return guy, whatever it is. Um, you know, he'll, he'll carve out a role, and that's a thick dude um, that can take more punishment, I think, than people that just see his size and think, similar to a guy that you played with in Darren Sproles. Uh, Darren Sproles could take a hit. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to have the same kind of impact. That's not fair to put on anybody uh, for a player who's, what, top 10 in NFL history in all-purpose yards in Darren Sproles. But I do think that the Chiefs would be able to go draft a guy, have two running backs on rookie deals, be set with that position for the next two or three years, knowing you don't have to spend a lot of money on free agency. Not that you're going to pay a lot of money, but it's still a lot of money if you have to go sign a veteran for two and a half, three million dollars. Uh, to play running back as opposed to drafting one in the fourth round and you pay him $2 million over four years. Um, I can see him doing that and finding somebody that they can kind of groom to be the next third down back. Uh, but trust Frank Clark. I expect him to take another pass rusher. There's a young group. We saw Frank's leadership on display last year. If the money makes sense, you're bringing in a veteran who at times can be in packages and be a rotational player that can give you some juice, especially getting to the playoffs, being one of the best pass rushers in playoff history in the NFL. That's a fact. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to see guy back in Kansas City. <laughs> and I want to see him become the all-time leading sack <laughs> guy in NFL postseason history. And I want to see him do it in a Chiefs uniform when in his third Super Bowl, but that's just me. Yeah, I have a few, 
Go ahead, Nick. No, I'll say, I think the Frank thing is interesting, though, too, because it's like, I'd be curious what the impact would be in the locker room, too, if if you're not, you know, one of, one of the, the high-paid guys anymore. You know, I, I don't think that would affect his leadership because Frank is, is who he is. But I think I think it's interesting that to cut ties with a guy who, uh, you know, was your all-time sack leader. But it's also in the things, too, where it sends a message in the offseason, like, hey, man, like, you're not going to ride. Like, we're not going to be like the Oakland, and I said Oakland, of old, where you're signing these veterans who are past their prime, who, like Jerry Rice, like signing Jerry Rice in his 19th year. You don't want to do that. So I think the Chiefs were, were it's kind of a, the business aspect, but it's like, we're, we're starting fresh slate. You know, we trust our new guys that we got in. We trust Dana. We trust Karloftis, you know, Chris Jones. Uh, you know, we might draft some people uh, on the edge too to see. So it's kind of cool. They're making room for the top. You know, they like what they see from the locker room. A couple of notes on all of this. Um, I'm going to kind of go back to Carlos Dunlap. His arm length, 34 inches. So like, dude's lanky. He looks like Slenderman out there. Uh, I do like that about him. Just seeing his body, you could just you think that like he could scratch his ankle standing up. Just uh, how long those arms are. Um, Deuce Vaughn. Shortest player ever measured at the combine. Um, that is a true statement. There's a short in the drafts about Deuce Vaughn, uh, by the way. So maybe look out for that um, on the KC Sports Network YouTube page. Also, Frank's market value, according to Spot Track, two year, $24 million contract is what they estimate. That's a $12.4 million APY. So I think that's too much for the Chiefs to swallow. I do. I, I don't think they can have that and still try, try to build. Uh, around that, so that's unfortunate. You know, I think Deuce made a lot of money versus the, in Alabama, the Alabama game when he he made that long touchdown. I think people show he's got that speed, he's got that looseness, and you watch Deuce all year, and he make a lot of guys be chasing ghosts. You know, he he make a lot of guys chase ghosts uh, on that field. So and he's durable. Uh, I don't think Deuce missed he missed some time, did he, in college? I think that there was a game where he was, it was the first TCU game, I believe he got hurt in, but I think he came back and played in the game. But I think he Everybody missed got the, hurt in that game. That was, was true. Everyone, everyone who played TCU this year got hurt. It was actually insane. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't think they played dirty, but I mean, everyone who played got hurt. Their fans did. They were throwing beers on the sideline. No. Oh, were they? You went down Arlington? No, it was all over social media. Oh, really? Yeah, I went to the Big Twelve Championship. I didn't see it when they played when it mattered. And they won. <laughs> Not when our second string quarterback went down. The third string. Uh, well, your second string quarterback ended up being your first string quarterback. To be, fair. I still like to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Control the narrative, Tucker. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Let's get some final thoughts and put a bow on this one. Appreciate everybody for hanging out, Tucker. Final thoughts. Um. <laughs> We do this every show. Yeah, Stump, you act so surprised all the time. Stump the Schwab. Uh, no, uh, I'm excited to see what uh, what Brett Beach has cooking up because this is the prime cook up season, right? Like this is we're in the middle of trying to figure out what step Brett Beach is on in his grand Michael play, grand master plan, I should say. And uh, I'm just I'm just patiently waiting. I'm just. You know that SpongeBob meme of him like sitting in the diner and just kind of like looking at a cup of coffee? That's me. I'm just patiently waiting for uh for some 
for that big Veach move to, for everyone to come back and think that oh yeah Brett Veach is the best GM in the NFL. I just need to give it a little bit of time. So that's just what I'm doing. I'm just sitting back enjoying the ride. I, I think it's funny. I think it's funny to look at this time right now to look at you know the situation to see how the landscape is of all these available free agents. And you're looking at just one little piece of the puzzle, right? Because you still have the draft puzzle and you still see yep. like, where they're targeting the draft. So it's like we're seeing this incomplete picture. And it's so cool to see them sort of assemble this team, like kind of like, you know, build, build up, tear down every year and see what shit they're going to do. Because they did. I mean, remember two, three years ago, they they brought in a whole new offensive line, like a whole new offensive line, right? They said, yeah, I've never seen that in my life. And then this year, it's like, okay, they got no one at wide receiver, right? You got no established guy. You got no nothing. And it's like, I'm getting curious what they're going to go for at the draft. And honestly, if, if, if I'm a betting man, I'm thinking they go for a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guy wide receiver in this draft. That's what I'm thinking they're going to draft. They're going to draft late at wide receiver. Mm. Yeah. I agree with the draft. I got to get somebody that's got some experience that can step in and produce for in this offense is not an easy offense. Again, we talked about it. I've been talking about it for the last month since we've been talking about wide receivers that uh, it takes a while for young receivers or receivers in general stepping into this system uh, to be able to produce professionals, guys that have been in the league, even if they haven't played in this offense. Um, they understand the language. They understand some of the option route stuff that you got to get used to at this level. And it just it takes a little bit of time. And the Chiefs sort of position when you look at their roster right now, um, there are not a lot of guys that you can count on to go out there and give you six, 700 yards receiving right now. I know there's a lot of guys that have upside, a lot of young guys on the roster that um, you're excited about seeing how they go out and perform, but you're not going to count on those guys uh, to keep you from making a move for an Odell Beckham or DeAndre Hopkins because there's some upside with some young guys. They've you got to get somebody in there that you can trust with the current roster the way that it's set up. So uh, that's my final thought. Appreciate everybody for hanging out. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe. We have got three new shows coming to KC Sports Network that we have not announced yet. Tucker, I'm not going to do it right now. I know you're oh. all excited. We are not going to announce them right now, but I promise you, you will enjoy these with some very familiar faces uh, that you will enjoy these shows with. So we appreciate you for hanging out. we got plenty of draft content coming. More shows tomorrow. You catch the lab tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, live right here on all these same platforms. Appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code balance10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.